Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Wednesday, February 8th. President Joe Biden pitched his presidency to the nation last night as he ramps up for a likely 2024 re-election campaign. President Biden did what presidents do on the day after they deliver the State of the Union address. He headed out into the country, of course, to a critical battleground state, Wisconsin, to press his case that he made to tens of millions of Americans last night in the House chamber. And President Biden kept his foot on the gas today out in Wisconsin, seizing an opening he believes was created for his political advantage in his speech last night, where he was able to contrast his agenda with the Republican Party. So that fiery Joe Biden, who delivered the State of the Union address last night, well, he was the one that also showed up in the Badger State. They seem shocked when I raised the plans of some of their members and their caucus to cut Social Security. You know, I remind you that Rick Scott from Florida, the guy who ran the U.S. Senate campaign, has a plan. I got his brochure right here. He says, all federal legislation sunsets every five years. If the law is worth keeping, Congress can pass it again. Ron Johnson on Social Security and Medicare, quote, we should transfer everything. So we have to consider everything every year. Well, now he's naming names. You just heard that there. But last night, the president was saying he was trying to be polite by not naming names of which Republicans support plans to cut Social Security and Medicare. But that was precisely the moment that Biden and his team dreamed of, not that they actually designed it, but in anticipation that the Republicans would challenge his assertion that there are some Republicans who support getting rid of or cutting these very popular programs, that he would be able to win that exchange. And he did, because with some off-the-cuff remarks, he was able to stay engaged with the House Republicans in this live State of the Union address to actually make the point that he is happy to bring them to his side of this debate. Give a listen to the remarks last night. Some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me give you anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. So he got the better of the exchange on the policy point itself, because now he sort of played along with a wink in his eye. Oh, so this is off the table and we need not any longer play this game of debating Medicare and Social Security. You guys are on board with my position, right? And he, of course, is able to rise above some of the gutter politics that were on display last night, too. You saw the likes of Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia, the very outlandish conservative congresswoman calling him a liar from one of the back rows of the House chamber. Here's more of what she had to offer in terms of an assessment of Biden's speech on Capitol Hill today. 
You know what? People are pissed off. And for the President of the United States to come into the people's house and lie like he did about the economy, the border, and then act like he's terrified of China and unwilling to talk about the fact they spied on us last night. Yeah, he, he got exactly what he deserved. And I am not sorry one bit. And that's precisely what Biden means when he says, as he has been saying for the entirety of his presidency, this isn't your father's Republican Party. That's the contrast he was able to draw in front of tens of millions of Americans only to invite Republicans to move to sort of an extreme place, whether in their theatrics or with policy proposals that even some in their own party have rejected. And while the Republicans on the floor last night and out on television since are trying to say that what Joe Biden said was not true. It is true, if you look at Rick Scott's plan, that he does call for sunsetting all federal programs in five years. That includes Social Security and Medicare. And Biden himself said it was not the majority of Republicans. He owned up that he didn't want to paint with too broad a stroke. But you still heard Kevin McCarthy out this morning on Fox News trying to make the case that the president was lying about the GOP position. It was so partisan. And the frustration that I'd felt, you, you heard from people out in the audience, the president was trying to goat the members and, right. and the members are passionate about it. But the one thing the president was saying is something that he knew was not true. I just spent an hour with him. I've said it many times before. Social Security and Medicare are off the table. He tries to use that for a political ploy. The bulk of the president's speech was on the economy and trying to meet the American people where they are, not on sort of Washington talk of the economy but actual lived experience for people, whether it's resort fees on their hotel bills or the like. He, he was taking on the economic reality of most Americans in a day-to-day existence. And that, that is what made it a successful speech for him last night. That's why you look at our flash poll, 72% of speech watchers believed they had a positive reaction to the president's speech. And it's why, even more significantly among speech watchers, you saw growth from before the speech to after the speech, significant growth in people who thought his economic policies are moving the country in the right direction. Let's finish the job this time. Let's cap the cost of insulin for everybody at $35. Let's finish the job and close the loophole to allow very wealthy to avoid paying their taxes. Let's finish the job. We want to have the best educated workforce. Let's finish the job. Some 12 times you heard President Biden use that expression, finish the job. There's no mistaking what that expression is hinting at. It's hinting at that he is on the cusp of embarking on a likely re-election campaign asking the American people to renew his contract for an additional four years. The other interesting contrast on display last night was just the approach that Biden was taking versus the one that Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the governor of Arkansas, took in her official Republican response. Now, these things are never on an equal playing field. There's only one president of the United States. So it's always a tough position to be the respondent to the president, no matter which party has to fulfill that responsibility in a given year. But Biden went in with this economic pitch to actually broaden out the Democratic appeal, move beyond the narrative around Democrats that they are an elite, out of touch, you know, highly educated, sort of far removed from people's real lives kind of party. He was trying to, in fact, win back some of those voters who drifted to Donald Trump in 2016. Whereas Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she went right at the culture wars and taking on wokeism. It was like a built out Fox News segment. It was a pure play 
to the Republican base. She also very clearly wanted to draw the distinction of being the youngest governor in the country, speaking after the oldest person to serve as president of the United States. And that was on display as well. I'm for freedom. He's for government control. At 40, I'm the youngest governor in the country. And at 80, he's the oldest president in American history. I'm the first woman to lead my state. And he's the first man to surrender his presidency to a woke mob that can't even tell you what a woman is. The folks in the White House couldn't be happier with how last night's speech went on two big fronts. One, the president's delivery. He was fiery. He was in command. And that was critical for him to show, yes, the country, but specifically Democrats, that he's actually ready for this reelection fight. Because there's some hand wringing going on in the Democratic Party about whether or not he is the right person to put up again, given his advanced years at 80 years old and that he would be 86 at the end of a second term. But the other thing that the White House, again, could only have dreamed of that helps Joe Biden is this contrast with Republicans. He benefits from it. And so in this moment of our politics, as Joe Biden likes to say, don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. And the alternative, as we saw in the Trump era and in the midterm elections this past year, sort of post-Trump era, the alternative is one that the general election audience isn't fully buying. And Joe Biden used that to his advantage last night and took it right out into the country today. Expect to see a lot more of that over the next year and a half. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.